Welcome to On the Way with Tony Chris. Each weekday, Dr. Chris will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Chris. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is Podcast 225. We have been discussing rituals and routines that lead to godliness, to righteousness. There are things that we need to do in our lives, disciplines we need to order, so that we will focus on who God is, loving Him more, loving others, and being the kind of disciple maker that God has called us to be. And in doing that, we need to develop disciplines in our lives, much like the Jews have down through the centuries, with the pulling on of the prayer shawl and taking time three times a day in the evening, in the morning, at noon, to pray and to seek the face of God. They take time to put on teflim. Very elaborately, they do that. And they pull prayer shawls over their heads. Now, I know sometimes that in their own lives, just like in ours and our routines, that they become just that, routines. They're things that we practice without meaning. But it is in those practices that many times God meets with us. Often it is through the reading of the Bible, even when we don't want to, but we're just doing out of obedience that God meets us in the scriptures. Sometimes when we know we just need to talk with God and tell him about something, it might be very difficult to do. But if we get into the habit and the routine and the ritual of talking to God about everything and the routine and ritual of giving thanks to God, then it is fulfilling what God wants us to do because it is in these mindsets that are developed and these habits and practices of life that many times God meets us right where we are and he takes us to where we need to be. Many times also, and if we are honest with ourselves, many of the things that we do that are ritual and routine, we start out well, but we don't finish well. Now, in the coming podcast, I'm going to talk to you about Bible reading, about methods to use and times and places and all of those things and about how to study. I want to talk to you about the ritual of praying with an open Bible. I want to talk to you about things that that are important in our lives as investing in eternity. Because Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And he's talking about money there, where our financial well-being is and where our financial assets are. That's where our heart is, because that's the way that we're put together. And so Jesus is the one that said that. I didn't. But we all know it to be true. But in all of these rituals, many times we start out well, we just don't finish well. And the Bible is replete of stories in the Old and New Testament of people that started well but didn't end well. One of those stories is the story of the youngest king, King Joash, who was one of the kings of Judah. He's known for a chest, an offering chest that he made and placed at the doorway of the temple so that the people of Israel and the people of Judah from all over the place could come 
They could leave their offerings as Moses had asked them to do. That could be used for the upkeep of the temple of God, for the repair of the temple of God, as was the case with Joash, and to take care of the priest and the Levites and those who served. So Joash is known for that. But the background is fascinating. You see, all of his brothers had been killed, and Joash was hidden by the wife of a godly priest named Jehoiada. When he was seven years old, Jehoiada knew that it was time for him to be brought to the fore, and indeed he was. And he was crowned the king of Judah. And Jehoiada guided him and led him and mentored him in the early years of his life. And as long as Jehoiada was alive, then Joash was doing the right thing. And there's even an instance in the book of Second Chronicles chapter 24 where Joash, having been mentored by godly Jehoiada, said, this is what we need to do. And they repaired the temple of the Lord. And that was under the direction of Joash. And this thing pleased the Lord, and God blessed Joash immeasurably. But something happened. When Jehoiada died, Joash turned to the leadership, perhaps his peers, and began to listen to them, and they said to him, you need to forsake Yahweh. You need to forsake the God of your fathers, and you need to follow the Baalim. You need to do it this way. Perhaps it was more trendy to do that. Perhaps it was something that they felt like that everybody was doing, and it was the wave of the future, and that they needed to get in on it. We really don't know, but something happened. Something influenced them, and so he began to listen to the advice that were not the advisors of this godly Jehoiada who had brought the kingdom to the lap of Joash. And God had blessed, but he turned his heart away. It was his friends and his advisors that did it. You see, one of the ways that people start well and don't finish well or finish well is because of the advisors and the friends and the colleagues they keep. I have said as a pastor for over 43 years, over and over again, now to thousands of people, and certainly to individually hundreds and hundreds of people, both male and female, teenagers and those who are in their young adult years, and some who are even older need to hear this. I've said, you show me your friends, I will show you your future. And that's really true. If we are hanging around and hanging out with and running with and and develop friendships with people that we allow to influence us and to mold our thinking that are ungodly, who do not follow rituals and routines that lead to godliness, but rather their minds, their mouths, their lives are that which does not reflect godliness, but ugliness and perhaps base and vulgar things. It's not godly, it's fleshly. Well, you know that, and I know that. And when we engage in those kinds of friendships, especially at a close level, and we begin to hang out and spend time with those folks, isn't it odd that we rarely influence them for godliness and good, but rather they influence us? And this is true because a little leaven leavens the whole lump. And this is true in every aspect of life. One of the great Old Testament scholars that I studied under, I will let him be anonymous, but I asked him as he studied 
at one of the great secular universities of the United States, a very well-known university. He studied in their Department of Linguistics in Old Testament Hebrew, Paleo-Hebrew, the Old Hebrew. He has written many commentaries now on the Old Testament and specifically from an exegetical linguistic standpoint. And I asked him, how did you get through all of the secularization of the text because he had translated and worked with one of the Dead Sea Scrolls. He had to do a lot of reading and study under men who were agnostics and some of them atheists. They were just good linguists, and he studied under them. And he said, well, I was often assigned to read books that were really ungodly books, and they were secular books and secular-minded But he said, what I did, he said, I learned that evil is so permeating to the mind and to the heart and to the thinking that I did not want to get into a routine of thinking that way. So for every book that I was assigned that was ungodly and liberal and secular, I would then, he said, read two books, sometimes three books on the same subject by people who were inerrantists, who believed that the Bible was the word of God in every aspect, in any area of reality, and that were good linguists as well. And he said, that's how I got through it, because evil is so permeating that you have to double up on good and godly routines in order to overcome it. Well, that certainly is good, and he turned out well and is in the process of finishing well. But what I'm telling you is that if you and I choose our friends, we need to choose wisely because they will influence us. They will influence our thinking, our routines, and what is important to us. Now, you might not think I'm telling you the truth, but I am because history will show you over and over again that what I'm saying is true, but God's word word will tell you that as well. Read Psalm 1, and you will see the man is blessed that does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, who does not stand in the way of sinners. He does not sit then in the seat of the scornful. Did you see that digression? Not progression, but digression. He's walking, He is standing, and the next thing you know, he's sitting with them, and that's the way it is. And so if we're going to love God with everything that's within us, if we're going to develop a whole loyal heart, because the Bible says that Joash served the Lord, but his heart was not totally loyal to God. That means that that it was half-hearted. That is, there were areas of his life that he had not given over to God, and those things came out in his life before the end of his life. And so what I'm telling you is, God wants a whole heart. The word is shalem, shalom. Shalom doesn't just mean peace as in the absence of conflict, but it means wholeness. It means balance. You see, God wants our whole heart. He doesn't want half our heart, three quarters of our heart, 90% of our heart. God wants 100% of our heart, our life, our attention, because he is our life. You see, Jesus Christ is not just an upgrade or an addendum or an appendix that we can do with or without. 
If we're going to be what God wants us to be, Jesus needs to be our life, our very life, the essence of who we are. We need to talk with him before we make decisions. We need to talk with him before we make alliances. We need to talk with him before we go somewhere, we do something that is of import, simply because we are not our own. We are bought with a price. So routines that lead to godliness and rituals that will lead us to righteousness has to begin not only in our own heart, but it has to also begin and continue on with those that we hang out with, those that we work with, those that we study with, those that we listen to, our advisors and our counselors. Show me your friends, your advisors, your counselors, and I will show you your future as you follow the routines and rituals of godliness. For On The Way, this is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On The Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at tonycrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at tonycrisp.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.